0: No, this is still uh, in search? I, I I glanced at it, yeah.
1: It, uh, oh, where is it? it mentions our friend.
0: Uh, probably don't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's very nice. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sixteen
1: Sachi per Gil Jongshan Mado Tan Rera yadam gururad namanta namaya page 18 sanga CHEN YANG GYI BESA NANG KYI JO LA BEN SHU daget jola cha نگی که
0: Seven chairs or no. seven cushions? No. We have more chairs over there. So yeah. So, I can, as I explained, I can see it, so I can try not to confuse you. But in writing it down, I had to go back and forth, so I can't give this to you. It will confuse you. (laughs) 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 Uh, So, we are now uh, describing uh, uh, where do beings live? Where do beings exist? As far as uh, Buddhism is concerned, you can divide that into mainly two two types of existences. One existence, you 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 come up with that term a lot, the Sanskrit term samsara. That's what is called the wheel of, the wheel of life. That's cyclic existence. That's one way beings exist, and this is the where we are right now. Okay. The, the the cycle of life, psychic existence, the wheel, samsara. But you can't really, call, it's not really a place like uh, go, going from New York to New Jersey and there are different places. There are not places like that. But you can't really say there's another place because we experience places where we are. Right? We experience something called, we call a place. We experience something we call a place in terms of where we, when you, when you think of, where someone is, you think of a place, the person is in a place. But place, the, the, the experience of a place is not what defines what samsara. Samsara is not necessarily a place. Okay, The main thing that uh, defines samsara, where we are, is how we are existing. We are existing where we have either some form of a dissatisfaction some form of this, uh, 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 for lack of a better term, some form, some form of suffering. Okay, And like, uh, what's his name, I forget his name, but uh, Janet's uh, father last time said, you know, he doesn't suffer, right? Because f- when we use the word, the term suffering, we think of like extreme pain. But that's not what the term suffering means. It doesn't necessarily mean extreme pain. Any kind of dissatisfaction, any kind of uh, annoyance, is, is, is that's what uh, falls under the term suffering within Buddhism. So suffering in Buddhism is any kind of dissatisfaction, okay? no matter what kind, of, no matter what level it is. Whether it is in the intense dissatisfaction where you you know have, you have your hand being burned or something, or whether it is the dissatisfaction of uh, I just don't like that color. Okay, it doesn't agree with. It doesn't agree with. That doesn't make me feel good. Okay, even that kind of dissatisfaction falls under the term in Buddhism of suffering. Okay, and you can only experience dissatisfaction in the, what in the in the in the type of existence called samsara. Okay, so that's one way of existing. The other way of existing, where everyone would love to exist, and that's is uh, called, uh, that's freedom, nirvana, okay? So you have nirvana, and you have samsara. These are the two ways that beings exist. This is, if you look for beings, that's where you will find them. There is no third place where you can find beings, okay? Either they're in nirvana, or they're in samsara. Now, now we are trying to describe... (laughs) The different kinds of beings you will find in samsara. Right? And there are six different types of beings that you find in samsara. And these six, ta- these six types of beings, they live in, on different planes. And Buddhism define, uh, uh, divides the planes into three types. And the name that gives the different planes might confuse us. Like, for example, desire plane, right? It it seems, uh, uh, it it might uh, misdirect you as to exactly what they mean by a desire plane, okay? So there is, just for the name of it, right, there's a desire plane, there's above that, there's the form plane, and above that there is the formless plane, and the reason for wanting to know that is specifically uh, is, uh, is in relationship to nirvana, where everybody wants to be, where there is no experience of dissatisfaction whatsoever, so in that plane in that in that form of existence, where there is no suffering whatsoever, not from the that not even the slightest form of suffering exists in Nirvana, and that's where all beings want to go to. Okay. And the reason for wanting to know what are the different uh, types of beings in Samsara, because there are some types of existence in Samsara where people might think they are in Nirvana and they are not. Okay. So among the six, six types of beings who dwell in, in uh, samsara uh, we've gone over there are three of them that are very uh, where, the, where the suffering is intense. Okay. The more intense the suffering uh, uh, sort of denotes exactly sort of tells you where you are. Okay. So you have a group of beings who sort of share the same sort of intensity of suffering so that's one type of being. You have another type of being whose experience of suffering is not as intense as those so that makes another type of suffering, another type of being. And then it depends also on the, the type of pleasure that they're able to experience. So the ones who experience the least amount of, 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 of uh, pleasure and the most amount, the most intense kind of uh, suffering that's the, this, this is called the lowest way of existing. That's the lowest type of being. And they're the one who we call hellish, because it's like a hellish, hell kind of being. And they can be also divided into, and further divided. Okay? And also the division also has to be, so you can, within that group you can lump a bunch of them, where intensity is more than others. Where intensity is less than others, so you can de- further divide it that way, and it all has to do with the type of intent, uh, type of suffering that they experience. Right. And above that, you have what are called animals. So you have hellish, and above that, animals, and above animals, you have what 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 they call hungry ghosts or craving spirits. Okay. Now, definitely, no one is going to think. Any of those as being some sort of Nirvana. But there are, there there were this uh, group of people in India who thought that if you behave like an animal that will take you to Nirvana. Now behaving like an animal doesn't mean like you know going around and uh, the, the the way we use the term behaving like an animal but more like a I mean really copying the 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 behavior of a dog, for example, like they walk on all fours. So the yogis will go these kind of yogis will go around walking on all fours and and uh, drinking uh, the way th- the way an animal eats, the way an animal drinks, so those kind of behavior. They believe that if they're able to mimic a dog perfectly, somehow that will make them born into in, in, into uh, it will uh, they will escape suffering altogether. I don't know who started that, <laughs> and I don't know what was got into those minds of people who actually believed that guy. But it was an actual movement, and some people actually believe that. Wow, those are those yogis are, are incredible, are incredibly gifted. <laughs> okay, look at that. Look how close they mimic the dog. That one. Wow, that one I can't really tell. If it wasn't for, if 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 I didn't see him, I wouldn't believe that it wasn't a a, a, a dog or something like that. Okay. And some people actually uh, admired them because they really because it came to be known that these were spiritually uh, spiritual beings who were highly developed. Okay, and of course there were a lot of people with common sense <laughs> who didn't believe that such a thing could uh, actually work. That if you behave like a dog, you will, you will end up in heaven. Okay, you end up maybe looking like a dog, <laughs> but it wouldn't necessarily make you be born into... Uh, take you out of suffering. So there were those kinds of people who actually took those kinds of... Uh, of uh, hellish, animal-hungry ghosts as a way of escaping, reaching nirvana, reaching dissatisfaction altogether. And that's one kind. And there were another kind who believed that, well, if I have the potential... If there is any potential for me to experience intense suffering in a future life, in a future existence, if if I can exhaust those potentials now, I will not be reborn like that. And these are the ones who who, who became known as uh, we call them uh, ascetics, ascetics, yeah. right? Just the term ascetics, yeah. Like what they would do, is, it's like within the uh, I guess only within the Catholic faith. No, not really. Because there are non-Catholics who do that. Well, I mean, when I explain it, maybe those of you who know will explain. Like, you're, if you beat yourself up, what's called that? Uh, what flagellation. That, uh, flagellation, right? So it's like, I have sinned, I have the potential to be reborn in hell. If I can get rid of that suffering pain now, I will not be reborn in hell. So how do I get rid of that pain? I go through it. I beat myself up. And they have different ways of beating themselves up. You know, whips with leather. Some people have even made it with chains. Some so the more pain you can inflict upon yourself, that will sort of exhaust the potential to be born in hell. So it wasn't it wasn't just something that the Catholics came up with. Okay. Also, there were people, there were groups of people in India in, uh, who came up with that idea. So they would if, literally uh, deliberately inflict pain upon themselves. Because they think that by going through this pain now, they will avoid having to be reborn in a hellish uh, existence in the future. Okay, so they would they would uh, you know walk around with one hand in the in the air for 20 years, and let the uh, uh, what's that thing atrophy? Is that what call? Until the hand really like got stuck in that position, and and nails would grow and wildly until the nail actually. Some of them make a fist. And then let the nails go th- go through the uh, the skin to the uh, uh, right, yeah. And uh, those who would have one leg up, and they, I mean they would keep the leg up forever. They would have different contraptions of holding the leg up. They would uh, uh, tie it to themselves until that leg become stuck in that posture. Some of them walked on nails for the f- for, for, for 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 the duration of their lives. So, and, they, and they were experiencing pain. It wasn't really so much so that they would master the body. I mean, they would, some of them literally, uh, uh, you would say, master the body in a sense of being able to withstand, endure pain. But the main purpose of it was, if I go through this pain now, the potentials that would lead me to, an, to a hellish existence would be exhausted. Okay, and I think now there are I'm not sure if, it's, if it falls in the same category, but you hear there, there are people in South America, some countries in South America where they they actually go to the to the the cross they put themselves on the cross and they nail actually literally nail themselves on the cross and uh, I'm not sure if it's the same kind of thing like uh getting rid of sin I'm not sure if it's the same thing or if, it, if it's uh, i'm not sure what' the explanation is but They go through that pain, I mean, literally go through the pain, what you might call a hellish kind of pain, and they bring upon themselves, thinking that it will bring about some sort of heavenly reward. Okay? Right? So, there are these kinds of experiences, there are these kinds of uh, ways of existing, and and there are actual human beings who inflict upon themselves these kinds of suffering, thinking that it will bring them some sort of heavenly reward. Right, and uh, those are, uh, uh, for the most part, a lot of people uh, think that to be a wrong path. <laughs> right? Okay. Now, now you have the human. You have the human above that. Above that, you have those three. Above that, the fourth type of being, uh, the, uh, uh, are the us human beings, and the human beings are right in the middle. They're in the middle, in the sense that in, within the human being experience, you can you can have intense suffering, and also you can have intense intense joy. And and because of this condition of being a human, it is easy for us to sort of imagine a heavenly uh, heavenly existence, and we can also sort of imagine a hellish existence. And because of that, we can sort of say, okay, what are the actions? that can lead to a hellish existence and what are the actions that can lead to a heavenly existence and we try to walk that path avoiding a hellish future and trying to get to a heavenly uh, 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 trying to get to a heavenly future rather than a he- hellish future right? and this is where uh, of course we have all the different philosophies all the different religion I mean, that's all they're trying to do. Even science, in a way, is trying to do that, right? By un- properly understanding things, we can avoid things that are unwanted, and by uh, implementing certain things, we can sort of get where we w- things are, that, that are more pleasant, right? If we understand how to get to the moon, uh, by getting to the moon, we, know, know, we get the pleasure of knowing we got to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: You get, get tank, Tang, remember? Tang? Uh, yeah, yeah okay. the orange concentrate powder that was invented for astronauts. Oh. <laughs>
0: okay. So all those different things, different uh, institutions, even uh, uh, organizations, even uh, 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 schools of thought, they all really basically have this in mind. How to avoid pain, in, uh, uh, uh Something that you don't want in the future. How to attract in the future what you want? Okay. Uh, and within that, there are those who look into the different ways. Okay. Now w- within Buddhism, uh, and also we could say just w- within India, in, in, uh, uh, the, the different kinds of other kinds of beings come into coming to being. Uh, you can say all types of religion considers there's a type of being which is higher than human beings in uh, in the west we call them angels and we understand that there are different kinds of angels Uh, 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 I'm trying to remember any division of them Uh, the the powers the the seraphims The the cherubims uh, the archangels, uh, uh, guardian angels, and so we, so we have the understanding that there are beings who are not human beings, who are higher than beings, I mean higher than human beings, and we still consider that within that, there is a, a division among them, depending on their power, depending on their abilities, right? So in the same way, it's not just we in the West had this idea, everybody ha- has this idea somewhere on, on the planet. Within Buddhism, those beings which are higher than human beings, uh, they're the ones that are called, they're called gods. Okay. Or we can even, we can actually, we can, if we want to, we can say angels. If we want to. Just to, because now the term god in the West has, has a complete, ever since uh, monotheism sort of took over the West, the term God has a very different, became uh, to have a very different meaning. We no longer have Jupiter and Zeus and Neptune and all those kinds of gods anymore. And when we think of them, we think of them as, as not real beings. We think of them as more like, uh, oh, that's how people used to think. And then for, the, for us, they become more like inspiration for different cartoons, inspiration for different movies they're not really, no, no one is really uh, aspiring, I, I really, really like to go to Jupiter's palace. Okay, here's the way to go to Jupiter's palace. No one really has that as a religion or as a, a form anymore. So the term God in the west has taken a very different meaning. So that's why we can't really use the term God to translate uh, the higher beings than human beings as they are in, in the east, okay. So the only thing that's more equivalent is really uh, uh, angels because we in the west uh for the most part most religion believe in those beings that they actually believe that they can communicate with them they can have a relationship with them and it wouldn't be bad to become a, to be an angel okay you can say there are, in the west there are uh uh paths where you believe that it will make you into an angel okay so those equivalents, uh, uh, just think of different kinds of angels, think of having different powers, you know, different dominions. Actually, there are, there's a group called dominions, aren't there? No? Well, anyway, yeah. um, my, my angelology in, in, is <laughs> <In geology? laughs> not that good. Actually, I, I used to love just going through the different names. It just, I don't know, it's exciting. Uh, exciting reading. <laughs> okay So uh, what determines uh, how you become an angel determine, uh, so the path that leads to angelhood, <laughs> since there are different uh, degrees, different levels of angels, so it, it would depend on uh, so the path of the, so you say the path would vary okay? so uh, in the same way we understand that different degrees of virtue different di- different uh, levels of power of virtue will lead to different levels of angelhood so in the same way different levels of virtue will lead to will give you different kinds of birth of different kinds of gods okay so lesser virtue will give you a lesser kind of angel angelic being let's say I don't know angels who takes care of trees, for example, I don't know, if there is such a thing, right? And angels who take care of, I don't know, uh, other angels, <laughs> okay? So the angels who take care of other angels, that will be a greater virtue, Will you, you will have to uh, uh, do a greater kind of virtue to be born like that, okay? So uh, in Buddhism, it depends on the type of virtue And at the same time, different kind of meditation power. So the greater your virtue, the higher the type of angel, the type, uh, I have to say the word God here, okay? Uh, The higher the kind of God, type of God you will be born as. And the greater your mastery of concentration, the greater the mastery of your meditation will also determine the higher Type of God, the higher type of angel you will be born as. Okay. And of course, the higher type of angel means the greater, uh, uh, influence you have over those below you. Okay. Uh, so, you have basically, uh, uh, above, uh, remember that I missed the desire plane? So, all these six types of beings live in the uh, in our in our world in our plane of existence in our plane of existence it's called the the desire plane and the reason that it's called the desire plane is because the beings who live here are mainly dominated by desire that 's why it's called the desire plane it 's not because it is made of desire material like you know, take you take uh Grade A desire, mix it with grade B desire, and you have the human realm, take grade C desire. It's not, it's not like that kind, of, that kind of desire, okay? But more in a sense, just the type of desire that we have. So the type of desire that you have will determine the type of form you have here, okay? If you have the, the type of desire that human beings are mostly known to have, it will give you the type of mind that humans have, it will give you the type of bodies humans have. If you have the type of desire that animals is uh, more to have, it will give you the type of bodies that animals have, and the type of mind that animals have, okay? And of course, it will give you the type of environment, it will put you in a type of environment where those bodies and where those minds usually function, or sort of like uh, help each other to, re- to, to remain as they are, okay? Alright, so am I confusing you nicely? <laughs> Okay, so six types of beings, or the all, you can find all of them in the, that is, all the way to those who are called angelic or gods are found within the desire plane. Okay, and with, and, uh, Buddhism divides humans into four types. And like uh, last, last uh, Sunday, we tried to find what are the other three types so far. No one has been able to tell us exactly where we go to find the other three types. Okay? We are one type, and th- our type is called uh-huh. those living where the apple makes the sound Jambu. <laughs> 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 uh, it's, it's just a name, Okay. And I, I, I mean, I really have to talk with those. I like to sit down and talk with those guys and ask him why did you come up with those names? I mean, what was going through your mind when you? I mean, uh, zam- Zambu. That, that's 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 where our, our type is called. Our, our type of humans is called Zambu. And why did they use the word Zambu? Because it's the sound the apple makes when it falls into the, into, <laughs> into the water. they supposed to be this tree here. That's by water. It's called, uh, it's like a rose apple, I don't know, I don't know what author, uh, this translator decided to translate that fruit name into rose apple, but it's supposed to be a rose a- a- apple. And then when it, f- when, it f- when it ripens, it falls into the water, and when, the, when it falls into the water, it makes a sound, Zambu,
1: <laughs> Zambu,
0: <laughs> <Tam-boo>. right? <laughs> uh, so it's really, uh, it, we are Zambu people. Because of that sound of that fruit. Okay. And still I have not been able to find I have not no don't know of anyone who has actually found that tree, who has actually eaten of that uh, that, that maybe that's what they were talking about in uh, Garden of Eden. <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> that fruit. Hmm. Is it in the Bible? When, when when that fruit when uh, fruit fells in the water it make it sound zambu? <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe well there's supposed to be four rivers in, in four rivers that. Anybody here remember the, 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 the what's it called the catechism in the Christianity? There's supposed to be four rivers in, 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 in uh, Eden right the garden of Eden right. Maybe when the, when the fruit falls in one of the rivers it makes it sound Zambu <laughs> 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 Okay, let, let me not confuse you okay. Because back to Buddhism, <laughs> okay. okay. So w- our type of humans is called Zumbu. okay. But well, but the characteristics of our kind of human, our kind of humanity is that uh, uh, when it comes to lifespan, it's unpredictable. Somebody can be, somebody can die as soon as they're born, and somebody can live to be past a hundred. So and and there's nothing definite that says. Or oh, this one is gonna be a hundred. This one is gonna die as soon as they're born, and it's very un- un- unpredictable. Okay, so you can, so you can say uh, our type of humans are the ones with unpredictable lifespan, but most likely about a hundred. And some live to be more than a hundred. Some live to be less than a hundred. But there's nothing definite about it. Not everyone lives to be a hundred, for example. No matter what you do, we live to be a hundred. The other ones, the other types of humans, are supposed to be humans. That live to be have definite lifespan. Okay, no matter what they do, they live to be exactly whatever the number they say. Okay, so the reason I have to go into the, the different types of humans, so there are different types. Just like we know, there are different types of animals. There are animals that live in the ocean. There are animals that live on the land. There are animals that live within the earth. There are animals that fly in the air. So we can, we understand there are different types of animals. So we can see that. Okay, and also. In all the different categories of beings, there are different types of them. Okay, there are subcategories. There are different. There are, uh, now, there are the gods also. There are different types of gods. Just like I mentioned, there are different types of of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, angels. And the reason now for describing the different types of gods is that somewhere within us, perhaps, what we are aspiring after, thinking that it's nirvana. When we hear the description of oh that's just a description of one of the gods, it's not Nirvana. Then we can set our aspiration to something else. Okay. Uh, the within within the desire realm, there are these kind there are these types of gods, um, which I'm going to list now. Okay, basically six of them. And of course, uh, uh. It, uh and it goes from uh, more pleasure to less, less pain. Okay, the, le- the less, the less pain, the the higher. The more pleasure, the higher form of being there. And also that also tells you uh, uh, the more influence they have over be- what's below them. The one who has the most power, the most influence, is the higher. Okay, all right. In Buddhism, and also as this is also drawn from uh, Hinduism, but not exactly the way Hindus Hindus uh, uh, would agree. But the names you will find in Hinduism also. Okay. The the lowest one is called the the realm of the four kings. Supposedly, each of the directions, cardinal direction, east, north, south. East, uh, north, south, east, west. <laughs> I almost forget my cardinal direction. Uh, each of the four directions is governed by a particular—you could say—an angel, okay, a kind of angel, or kind of, and uh, in this case, uh, a, a, a god. And that one who rules over that is is is, is one of the, uh, is fo- is one of the what is called the four great kings. Okay, so the. One rule over the north. That's one of the great kings, and they all have different names, and they all have different retinues of beings who fall under them. Just like uh, they're really like uh, the rulers of those of those places, the four great kings. Okay, and together that's one kind of one kind of uh, heaven, or one kind of higher realm, okay, or angelic realm. The land of the four great kings. Right. Above that uh, is what you uh, uh, is called. It's called the heaven of the thirty-three. And the reason it's called the heaven of the thirty-three is because the ruler there is Indra. Indra is another deity from Hinduism, uh, and Indra rules over this land. And uh, uh, within Indra's cabinet, there are 33 gods who make up the cabinet. Right? The advisors, assembly. So he rules with the council of 33. 33 other gods. And they rule over whatever uh, they rule over. Other kinds of gods, other kinds of angelic beings. Okay? Now, and yeah. So these two kinds of beings, the 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 four the, the, the realm of the four great kings and the the realm of the thirty-three, they are constantly engaged in war with the demigods. The demigods are Mm, the only way to, to describe them is you have to go to uh, Western mythology. Is what you might call the Titans. Remember the Titans were always fighting with the gods from on, on, who live on Olympus? Well, it's, it's basic, almost the same kind of story. The, the gods who dwell on Mount Olympus used to fight with the gods who were below Mount Olympus. The titans. The titans. Who were
1: jealous,
0: who, who were jealous of, the, of them. And it's the same story stories the demigods are jealous of the, of, the, of, those other, of those gods and why are they jealous? Maybe, maybe the reason may not be the same but they're jealous <laughs> okay Now the demigods are higher than human beings in, in, in the sense of it takes some, it takes the virtue that it takes to be born as a human being, and the virtue that it takes to be born as a demigod, the demigod's virtue is greater. Okay, So it takes greater virtue to be born as a demigod. So here's the, here's the thing. So someone, if they're practicing their, their spirituality, if they're practicing their religion, and that practice of re- their religion is tainted with jealousy, or I'm going to be more virtuous than that person because that per- I'm jealous of that person's virtue. Uh, uh, there is some sort of of uh, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, selfish or some sort of a, what you might call a non-religious attitude with their practicing of their religion. Okay, and as and as a result of that, most uh, especially if they are if they are envious, if they are jealous. And if, and if that's what is motivating seem the seeming practice of virtue, like someone could be uh, uh, trying to master concentration because they're jealous or they're envious of someone else. They you know that, like you can imagine, uh, you, uh, someone goes into some sort of a uh, organization and then they're teaching them how to meditate, and then they get one person is jealous of someone else who is always bragging about that person, oh, that person is so good, that person is such a good meditator, so I'll show them I'll be a better meditator than that person. And even though they're doing something that is on the, on, on the outside of it virtuous, but because their motivation is tainted, they will get a good result, but it will not be a great result. So the good result they might get is that instead of being, instead of that meditation taking them completely out of self, uh, out of, uh, uh, samsara, instead of taking them into Nirvana, because that may, that practice is tainted, it will give him a, a, a little. It will give him a, a result that is better than being a human, but it's not Nirvana. Okay, for example, being born as a demigod. Okay, even though you have a beautiful body, you have powers, you have a very long life, but you're 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 constantly you're constantly uh, bothered by intense jealousy. <coughs> You see others who have better looking bodies than you. You see others who have better long li- better life than you. You see others who have better enjoyment than you. Even though you have great enjoyment compared to human beings. And you think that you are more deserving for some reason. Okay? And, you, and you, are, you, are, you are bothered by that and that motivates you continuously. Okay? So that's the demigods. So the, those who, who, who live in the, four, the what the realm called the four great kings and those who live with uh, the realm of, of uh, 33 or Indra's place, they are always constantly in war with the demigods. The demigods see them and they're jealous of them. And they always have to fight. And of course, all you have to fight is always like us human beings here. Okay. Believe it or not, this country is in war. But it doesn't mean that every citizen is, you know, you know beating some other citizen, right? So in the same way, it doesn't mean that every single one of those people, beings who are born in those places, have are a, a fighting some some other some are you know trying to enjoy themselves and probably have political parties. Probably, you know <laughs> there's probably some uh, some sort of uh, 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 pr- protests going on over there. You know we should get Indra out. In <laughs> Indra is always leading us to war. Where's our tax money going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. uh, above that, it might get uh, a, a bit uh, more confusing. So there, th- 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 we mentioned there's above that there's uh, there are other gods who do not engage in this war all the time. Okay. Right above that is called guess what? No war. No war. <laughs> There's a realm called No War because it's right above, it's right above the, uh, the Indras. So the beings there have more, vi- arrive there because they have more virtue than Indra, those in Indra. And yet they're not quite out of samsara yet, right? So they have more enjoyment. And one of the things that they have there is that uh, not even the concept of war exists there. Like if you were to go over there and say, oh, do you believe that Indra is fighting again? They would not. They would not understand what you're talking about. They would not understand what is fighting, what is conflict. They have no understanding of that. They have no concept of it. Okay. Or you mean they're hugging too much or something? What, what are you talking about? What, what's fighting? What's what's that? Okay. And you believe that there actually there are those higher than that, <laughs> above that. So so you have uh, four great kings. Uh, the heaven of the 33 or the 33 councils and above that you have no combat, no war it's just, that's the name of it, okay. And above that you have what is called uh, Ganden, Tushita. okay. Tushita, you, you have to come to know it because uh, a lot of virtuous beings are born there. In, in no combat in, or in no war in that realm even though it might be something that we aspire to, right? If you're if you're so uh, fed up with war, but the way you're fed up with war is in, in, in a conflicted way, where you just uh, you, you just don't want to have the concept of war going on. You just want to be blind to it. You just don't want to see it. Okay. You might be born in no combat. Okay, in no combat. Because you're blind yourself to something, to, to this kind of suffering, you're still, even though you're still uh, uh, su- uh, subject to it. Okay. You don't experience it, but you may be subject to it. That is, it is within your potential to still be, be reborn there. Okay. So those, because they no longer, they longer understand conflict, they think that they're in nirvana. And because they think they're in nirvana, they, they, think, they don't think that they have to continue to strive further to reach nirvana. Okay. Above that is Tushita. In Tushita, you find beings who can still practice, who can still strive after nirvana. But for the most part, the reason it's called, Tushita means joyous. Everybody's there, always enjoying themselves. It's, it's because they're higher than the others. Tushita? T-U-S-H-I-T-A Tushita and, uh, The Tibetan for it is Ganden you Probably you will hear it now within the Tibetan Ganden okay. uh, Supposedly that's where uh, Jason Kappa is right now Jason Kappa is in Ganden and then he's doing his Bodhisattva activities from there Okay. So there are a lot of virtuous being there but not everyone there is necessarily virtuous I mean Striving for, for uh, further, for Nirvana. Okay. Two more within still desire realm. We have no ways, uh, 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 I'll, I'll just give you the name, I can understand it further. One is called emanation. You're able to emanate. That's how you enjoy your pleasure. That's how it makes you feel good. You, you emanate yourself. You made a hundred of yourself. Oh, look at that. that. Let me see. Look at that that one emanation of mine. Look at what it's doing. I'll draw it back. I've been doing a thousand emanations now. Look at that. I have a thousand emanations. Working on a thousand of me. It's it's like uh, the heaven of cloning. (laughs)
1: Would would you emanate within that particular heaven or here? You could emanate
0: in any of these other heavens? Yeah, you can emanate emanate anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere below you. Anywhere within you, where you are, or below you. And then there's another one, uh, uh, higher than that. <laughs> it's called controlling others' emanations. <laughs> so, in other words, some, some, some somebody's uh, cloned themselves, and they're walking around with their clone, and then someone somehow has the genetic code to control other people's clones. Okay? The place where you are, where those beings are able to control other people's clones, other people's emanations. That's that's higher than that. Uh, And (laughs) and and this one could be because you hear that uh, Buddhas are able to emanate, and you become attached to the idea of emanating yourself, and you practice mainly with the idea of being able to emanate. And you will find yourself being able to emanate, but just being able to emanate doesn't mean that you're in nirvana okay It's just like some people think that uh, uh whathm mm, okay here's a something I could have used that as a as an argument, but I didn't <laughs> when someone is trying uh uh convince me for example what, what people uh somebody that I've met they're trying to convince me that uh uh the reason that I, I should join, the, should, the reason I should join their, their church is because uh, uh, the, reason that, the reason that Jesus, mu- the reason that you must follow Jesus, is because Jesus make, made miracles. So that's the reason that they give, not necessarily because he was of great compassion, he was great self-sacrificing, but just because he made, made miracles. So if, if just the miracle part is what attracts you. And then you want to do miracles also, you will be able to do miracles, but it doesn't mean that you will establish, you will become exactly the status of Jesus. You understand what I mean? Like if you look at if you were living at the time of the Jesus and you saw Jesus and you saw him performing miracles, and just the fact that he was performing miracles is what was attractive to you, what you saw as being a means for listening to Him and And, and you are motivated all the time, whatever you do, I want to be able to do miracles too I want to be able to do miracles too. I'll be famous, people will love me, people will follow me just like they're following jesus and and that's all that attracts you but you don't you don't see that the real power of Jesus is his love and his compassion, then you will miss that, and you may be able to see yourself perform miracles okay so uh There are people who you see spiritual beings, and you look at the superficial things about them that are superficial, and you think, "Oh, that's what makes them such a spiritual being, because they're so they're so what's that word? uh, They're so famous. They're so uh, I want to be famous too. oh, everybody loves it. I want to be loved too. Uh, They're able to uh, do miracle thing. I want to do miracle things too. If that's what only that attracts you, then you will do your spiritual practice completely influenced by that, and then when you see yourself doing that, you will think that I have reached the same status. Oh, look at me! I'm, I'm able to walk on water too. I'm able to cure other people too. Now I'm ex- equal to Jesus. And if someone comes to you and say, uh, "Can you, uh, you know, can you help me?" Say, "Sorry, it's, two, uh, it's 12 o'clock at night. I have to go to sleep now." Um, there's a, my favorite TV show is on I, I, I come back uh, some other time or go to, go to someone else okay. and yet you can, you can do miracles so that person would, would cannot call themselves equal to the status of Jesus right. but that's a, just an example
1: okay.
0: so these are the six types of gods that are found within the desire plane now there are other more powerful gods that are found in the other that are found only in the other planes there are two other planes higher than the desire plane the form is called form and the one above that is called formless why is it called form because the forms of the beings there is incredible I mean they are incredibly gorgeous I mean they are gorgeous and they know they're gorgeous and they look at the mirror and say oh I'm so gorgeous. And they ask someone else, Am I gorgeous? They say, Yes, you are so gorgeous. Okay? that I mean, it, You can call it the plane of gorgeous, of, of incredibly gorgeous. <laughs> okay? So, someone think of Jesus, Wow, that guy is so gorgeous. I want to be gorgeous like him. Okay? Because it it it, 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 is, it is, like, have you seen an ugly angel? I mean, all the angels are supposed to be like gorgeous beings. Right? So, if just being gorgeous is what attracts you to them, and you think that gorgeous is what makes that being that being, then you will do what it takes to become com- incredibly gorgeous. And when you achieve incredible, incredible gorgeousness, oh my god, <laughs> incredible gorgeousness, you will think that now I have achieved that kind of freedom. Okay. So there are beings, who have incre- and then the more gorgeous you are, <laughs> the higher your status is, the, more, the greater, your, your greater your enjoyment. Because you can say, oh my, I'm so, so gorgeous. Look at me. And you have people around you say, oh man, you are so gorgeous. Oh my. So, Brahma, you have, the, I'll talk about the lowest one. Okay? The lowest one is what they call, in Buddhism, Brahma's realm. Okay? And to become Brahma, you have to be extremely virtuous, as far as we are concerned. As far as humans are concerned. Right? You don't just become Brahma, you know, uh, by accident. You have to deliberately go for it. And in trying to go for that, depending on the level of your power, will determine what kind of Brahma you are born. So there are basically three kinds of Brahma. Uh, For lack of a a better word, uh, there's gorgeous Brahma. (laughs) There's incredibly gorgeous Brahma. There's unbelievably gorgeous Brahma. Unbelievably gorgeous Brahma is the highest Brahma. And the reason I'm saying this is because the beings around that incredibly gorgeous Brahma, they're looking at them and say, Oh man, you are so gorgeous. You are so, you are, I mean, you are incredibly gorgeous. That's what they're doing. That's what they're saying. <laughs> and those beings who are able to get, have the closest, those who are closest to, to, to Brahma, to be able to tell them that, that's, they're, they're, they're higher than those who are not so close. So it's like, uh, there are those who only see pictures of, Bra- of, of Brahma. And they can say, oh, Brahma is so gorgeous. I wish I could see him directly. But they never get to see him directly. So those are the lowest ones. And they're all gorgeous. They're all, look, all looking at you. Oh, you're gorgeous. I'm gorgeous. Oh, yeah, we're gorgeous. <laughs> and then there are those who are able to see Brahma directly and tell Brahma face to face, oh, Brahma, you're so gorgeous. Okay. And Brahma is able to be able to have people, uh, uh, beings who tell him. Oh yes, Brahma, among all of us here, you're the gorgeous. You're the most gorgeous. Okay. So those who are able to see Brahma directly and tell Brahma to his face that he's gorgeous, they're higher than the other ones who can only see pictures of Brahma. And cannot see Brahma directly. And of course there's Brahma, who who's has everybody in the world saying, Oh Brahma, you're the gorgeous. You're the most gorgeous among among us. In Buddhism, there are many kind there are many Brahmas. So, in this world there's one Brahma, in another world there's another Brahma, in another world there's another Brahma, and then they all have their retinue of beings who keep telling them, you are so gorgeous. Okay. And, and that's why those realms are called form, okay? And believe it or not, we'll, we'll continue with the rest of them uh, later. Now what makes you capable of being born as a Brahma is mastering a particular type of meditation. Once you've mastered this particular type of meditation, then imbue that meditation with love and compassion, then you are born as one of the Brahmas. Okay. And depending on the degree of your mastery of that meditation will determine which, which level of, in the Brahma realm you were born. Now that's just one of the form realms. What does that mean? Believe it or not, there are beings who are more gorgeous than Brahma. (laughs) And when uh, actually there was, uh, when one of those beings visits the Brahma realm in one of those very rare occasions, and Brahma is the only one who is capable of seeing them, they are so gorgeous that only Brahma can see them. And when Brahma sees them, Brahma says, Oh, there are beings more gorgeous than me? (laughs) Brahma is shocked. Okay. Uh, we will talk about those other kinds of beings uh, later. Any, I don't know if you have any questions.
1: I have yeah. one about form. I, my understanding of the form realm is that not only does, is, does one have you know, this incredible form, hmm. but that one also has a lack of desire for, for things, because the things that you need are there uh-huh. in the form realm. The way you described it, there are beings who can only see a picture of Brahma. So would it be natural for those beings to say, "I wish I could see Brahma. I don't have everything that I want. I desire to see Brahma directly." Yeah. And if that's true, isn't that 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 kind of negates the my, my concept, so, which is probably wrong, mm-hmm. of what the form realm is, which is which is a plane where desire is not effective. Yeah.
0: No, it's generally speaking. Right. You have to use this word "generally speaking," just like uh, there. Uh, people who are incredibly gorgeous. That doesn't mean that they're Brahma, right? right? And uh, the desire that they're speaking of, because it is, because of where the desire is directed and because of its intensity, they will say, oh, we can call that realm desire realm. But it doesn't mean that that's the only place we will find desire. Right. All the way to Formless realm, there is desire of some of some of some type. All way to the formless realm, there is desire. So it depends on the subtlety of the desire. It depends on on the object that that, the desire is directed towards. So those in the above the what you call the desire plane, the things that we here desire after, they don't desire for it. They have no desire for that, but they have their type of desires. There are those who wish they, they, they could be Brahma they wish they could see Brahma. But it doesn't, it's not the kind of intense kind of desire that we experience here. like desire. And, and the desire that we, we have here mainly is because in the higher realm, they, have, they don't have any desire for food. They don't have any desire for uh, uh, well, they do have, to some extent, a desire for uh, procreation. They don't have that kind of intense desire that we have here. But we have it here. here we are driven by them. It, 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 it motivates our, basically motivates our actions here, right?
1: So their desires are more like, oh, be really nice, not like I have to do this to survive. Or yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because those things are, you know, taken care of. Y- you don't, some of them don't, you don't need food. Some of them, if they need food, you no know, it's it's spontaneously, uh, you know, shows up. Well, we didn't go through. We have some more. Maybe maybe uh, next next Sunday we'll finish with the, what Buddhism call what falls on the psychic existence. And remember, the, 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 the reason for it is uh, describing, especially the higher realms, is that while we are aspiring for nirvana, the way we are defining nirvana may be just one of those lower realms, I mean, not lower realm, but one of those kinds of heavens, which is still within psychic existence. Okay. Just like those people that we mentioned earlier, who think that I'll reach nirvana if I get rid of my suffering now, let me, let me torture myself. And they inflict great torture upon themselves, thinking that that will give them some sort of uh, nirvana. Okay. And we know that's wrong, I hope so. <laughs> So we don't inflict ourselves with, uh, 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 with great pain thinking that we'll, by doing that we will get to some sort of uh, heavenly reward. Any other questions? No? Any questions? Doesn't have to be about the topic that we discussed. Any other topics, any other thing you've heard that you want to clarity on? You had Buddhists, uh, like if you were living in China for example, The the propaganda against Buddhism, especially Tibetan Buddhism, has been so beautifully well done that you have PhDs coming out of China saying the most incredible, fantastic thing about Tibetan Buddhists. Or do you know that Tibetan Buddhists eat babies? I mean, PhDs actually believe that, coming out of China. Because the propaganda and the brainwashing, I have to say, is so well done. So have you heard anything like that? (laughs) That I can dispel? No, Tibetans don't eat babies. Okay, <laughs> maybe baby chicken or baby goat, but <laughs> not human babies. <laughs> okay. All right. So no more questions. Then we will finish. Alright, now, we will recite the closing prayers. Basically, the same prayers, but this time we recite them both in English and the Tibetan. If you want, would you like to? If you want. <laughs> I guess the main main thing I think we have to draw from this is we have to be careful when we are being virtuous being spiritual make sure that these these are not tainted by lesser uh, motivations because we will have a result and it will not be the ideal result that we want and we might trick ourselves to think that we have achieved the result we want when we have not I guess that's the main thing to be drawn from that. All right, so let's uh, do page
1: sixteen. We we'll do sixteen and seventeen. <laughs> Oh, before, before we say Idam, we
0: we'll, we'll go to the English. Mm-hmm. Here is it's the crater, the nature,
1: incense, and flowers, shower, stream. by four continents the sun, sun and the moon.
0: now idam
1: guru jadana dalaka niradayami
0: page 26
1: kewade kewok suna the so The translation? But this May all the of and, 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 and achieve the two holy bodies that from earth.
0: Enjoy the rest of the day.